0: Hey, this is Chad Brown. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of MySpecialMortgage.com.
1: It's a Bud Light Football Friday. Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Denver Broncos. Here's Chad and Nate.
2: Get up, stand up. Stand up for your right.
0: Come in on a Friday, Chad and Nate, back in studio partner after a couple of weeks over there at UC Health Training Center. Uh, get a chance to see uh, Johnny Fever's face; it's always cool,
1: handsome face. John. got yes, you a know, handsome. We're face. back. Yeah, we're back, dude. We're no, back. We're, we're not out there at uh, UC Health. There's no grass out here. There's no lawn mowers. There's no football players. We're not going to see Caden Davis oh. come out and start warming up. And Quinn Miners isn't going to come in here and do his pass sets. Um. There's not gonna be no bumping bass in your ear to have to yell over. Yes. But um, that was a good time. I, I enjoyed being out there for the couple of weeks. I thought we learned a lot about the team.
0: Yeah, I, I, I as well. Uh, it's been a it's been an interesting journey. This uh, show with you. Uh, you know, just before Broncos camp, we were deep diving into the Abs, and every day was an Abs day. After you know, neither one of us grew up necessarily as hockey fans, uh, you know, then becoming. Uh, fanatics, uh, and then watching all that happen and then spending all this time out there at training camp and the evolution of the Broncos training camp from, uh, from Coach Hackett and us and our old school football player doubt to get off my lawn, right? To, yeah. Well, yeah. To yesterday in some ways, uh, you know, it's a bit premature. It's only one joint practice, but in some ways, uh, Coach Hackett's, uh, style maybe being vindicated a bit and us, uh maybe realizing that uh, what's new is not bad.
1: Yeah, we've been telling everyone to get off our lawn. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to welcome everyone back on my lawn. <laughs> Come on, get on my lawn. Um, look, we have one, one example. That was yesterday. Of, of playing like quote-unquote real football, going against the Cowboys, but the Broncos looked really good. I they thought do. they looked really good energetically. Um, you know, aggressiveness. We talked about, will you be ready for the physical elements of the game of yep. football if you don't do that at practice? Well, the defense... Oh, the Broncos was definitely ready for that smoke. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were faster off the ball. They were more aggressive. They were hungrier. They were putting it to the Cowboys' offense in a way that actually startled the Cowboys. I mean, it, it wasn't even close. I think the Cowboys were surprised by the, the way that the Broncos came out. Um, I do expect the Cowboys to get chewed out for that and then to come out tomorrow and try to do something different. You know what I mean? And try to kind of vindicate themselves for uh, for what was to me sort of a lackluster performance on their on their end. But you got to give credit to the Broncos, man. All the questions we've had about the camp being too soft and patty cake and whatnot, just because we're not used to it. Those guys proved that they were ready to go yesterday and play real football, which they did. And so. A lot of guys were watching the offense. I went over and watched the defense because I I just had a better angle at it. Right. And I just, you know, you can't see everybody standing behind the plays and stuff. You're watching offense, you can't really see everything. So um, I left it to the other fellas to watch most of the offense. And I went over and watched the defense. And those guys were bullying the Cowboys. And the Cowboys are supposed to be the big, bad Cowboys. Right. And they went 12 and 5 last year. They're always supposed to have a big, dominant offensive line. And our D line was just taking it to those dudes and just in their heads, too. Just talking so much. Junk, which I love to see. Several fights broke out. Bradley Chubb was just on one. Everybody was. Baron Browning looks really good. We haven't talked a lot about Baron Browning, but I just love the move to the edge for that guy, and he's looking really good out there. So I think this defense looks really, really good. I want to start with saying that. I know we're going to talk about Russ and the offense, but I think this Broncos defense has a chance to be special.
0: Yeah, I'm the most the most impressive thing for me initially was the matching of the or actually not the matching the exceeding of the Cowboys' tempo when the Forty ers came into town a couple of years ago. And I had done that internship with the 49ers in the OTA process. I knew what 49er team was going to show up. Uh, got off that bus full of energy and just literally blew the Broncos off the field. And uh, I had some concerns with the pacing of camp and some of the uh, you know lack of physical practice that the Broncos have done so far. Uh, this year, that there was a possibility that the Cowboys, uh, maybe had a more, you know, uh, typical style training camp and would get off their buses and just simply be at a higher level than what the Broncos were. That was not the case. Uh, the Broncos, you know, exceeded the the Cowboys' level of energy, of focus, and of passion. Um, in some ways, that passion, you know, spilled over. We got Malik Reed throwing blows on the Cowboy guy on the ground. Um, I did find it interesting that the, all the fights, we're on the Broncos' right. defensive field. Yeah, the Broncos' offense. No, no fights. Not, not even a shoving match.
1: You know what? The same there. thing happened when we practiced against them in, in 2008. It was it was split up to two fields. We didn't have any fights on our side, but after the after practice, we, found, we heard about three or four different fights on the other side. Our defense versus their offense. I don't know. There's just something between those two.
0: Yeah, uh, Coach McCarthy said there would be no fights, and anybody who fought would be thrown out of practice. Um, and I think that's a standard thing for coaches to say. Um, But I did get a chance yesterday, and I know we're going to dive into this later in the show. I did uh, some of the production meetings with some of the coaching staff um, from the Broncos in preparation for Saturday's preseason game. And um, let's just say they were not upset with the amount of passion and vim and vigor that the Broncos showed on the defensive side of the ball, even with some of the fights.
1: Yeah, I think, think, look, when you're – when you're reinventing something or or doing something new in an industry that's that's seeped in tradition, which is what football is, and what Nathaniel Hackett's trying to do, he's trying to do something different, and you get a lot of skepticism from us, from people who've been there and done that type of thing. And Mike Evans asked him about it yesterday. He hears it, you know. He knows under, he knows there's criticism and um, and skepticism around what what he was doing. So. I think the worst thing that a football coach could have levied at him is that his team is soft. Mm. Right? Yeah. And nobody said they were soft, but we were afraid that that was what was going to end up happening because of the way they've been practicing, right? Because we're just used to a different brand of football. And so to have your team come out and be clearly not at all soft, not at all apprehensive, not at all afraid of the physicality has to feel good for them. So even if you get in a couple of fights, who cares? I mean, football's... Football's a violent game, and you have to be ready to do that. And they were ready to do that yesterday. So tomorrow is going to be you know, another test for them, and the tests are going to start coming faster and more frequently. But uh, yesterday was a great one, and they passed it in flying colors.
0: They did. They did. Absolutely. No doubt about that. Uh, there was no tackling yesterday, as expected. Um, so that's another uh, checkoff point for me, for this Broncos team, who haven't done any live tackling so far during training camp, how well they tackle tomorrow against the Cowboys in in real live action. Um, You know, there were a couple of protection issues uh, during the course of the uh, joint practice yesterday. Some offensive linemen getting walked back. There's some confusion with some of the blitzes that the Cowboys brought. Uh, Parsons is a great player, but there were some Cowboys, I'm I'm sorry, some Broncos who struggled in blocking him. There were some blitz pickups from the running backs that were a bit concerning. Uh, Whoever's on the other side of the defensive uh, backfield from Pat Sertan, you better expect a, a lot of work because Pat Tan is awesome. And Dak Prescott clearly was looking to the other side of the field. And Michael OJ Moody certainly suffered a little bit with some of his matchups with Ceedee Lamb. So there's, you know, it wasn't all beautiful yesterday, but it certainly was uh, in some ways a beginning step of the vindication for Coach Hackett's style of camp. And, uh, yes, you and I and our old school philosophy uh, may have been taught a lesson there.
1: So, so I guess the uh, the other side of the coin from the from the lighter practices is the conditioning aspect, right? Right. Not the physical, like are we ready to bang, but are we in shape to play a whole football game? Um, we don't know that part yet, yep, because they haven't done that stuff yet, and they don't run a ton, they don't do extra conditioning. So, um, who knows what they're doing in the weight room if they're doing cardio and things like that? But ultimately, man, I'm going to back off my criticism until until I see them play a full game with the starters in there. First to the last quarter, and see how that that element of it holds up. But we were commenting out there yesterday, and I, th- I forget who I was standing next to. Typically, at this point, I mean, we, we haven't seen any hamstrings. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen any groins. Greg ha- Yeah, but his was his pre- pre- previous, right? Pre- before camp, right? Mm-hmm. He he started camp on the sideline. But typically during a camp, you got receivers who pull their hamstrings all the time, and DBs, especially DBs, receivers, the guys who are running a lot, have a lot of hamstring groin uh, hip flexor injuries. And has anybody been out with a hamstring?
0: Nothing I'm aware of. That they hurt in camp. Yeah.
1: So again, you know, another vindication for camp Hackett. Um, so maybe, maybe they are smarter than us.
0: Well, it is a reggae Friday. So we, uh, continue to enjoy some reggae tunes on a hot day here in the mile high city. Uh, looking forward to coming back and talking more about this Broncos joint practice. When we specifically, when we come back, we'll hear from Russ and his expectations for this offense, uh, before the season starts, that's next. It's a Bud Light Football Friday. Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Denver
2: Broncos. Here's Chad and Nate.
0: You
2: know, I never really thought about it that way. I, I think how I think about it is, is that you know, for me, now I've played ten years, going into my eleventh year. You know, I got another whole ten to twelve more years to hopefully have to play. And I think for me is at this point in my career, it's really about pouring into everyone else they you know, pouring into the knowledge of what they know and how they understand the concepts and everything else and why, you know, why we're doing this and the understanding of the, of the game and the history of the game and what, where this came from. Here's this route and here it came from Joe Montana to Jerry Rice or whatever it may be, you know, the, the history of the West Coast offense, the history of the game. and Here's this play and this, here's the, the time that I saw it and visualized it and I, I want them to think the way that I would see it and, and play it in the game.
0: Russell Wilson talking about his approach and mindsets. Um, I think he brings up a good point. When you get to become an older player in this league, uh, I would imagine particularly as a quarterback, although, you know, I only played that in uh, Pop Warner. Um, your goal becomes, uh, you know, because your ability to understand the offense at, at a deeper level is starts to get, you know, limited. You've been playing in for a long time. You have a great understanding, but how you pour that, understanding the knowledge that you've gained over the years into someone else and become that rising tide that lifts all boats on the offense with their understanding, their uh, detail to what the game plan is and how the offense needs to be executed. Uh, That is what the best older players do. Uh, They take their knowledge and they give, they give everyone else on the team that same knowledge that they've gained over the years. It's hard
1: for a young player to, to see that too, because you're so focused on your job, your individual job. Where do I where do I line up on this play? That's right. the number one thing <laughs> a receiver's got to figure out. Right. Where do I line up? Right? Am I in motion? Am I on the ball? Am I off the ball? Um, and then what's my route versus what coverage? What's my adjustment? That's what you're thinking. That's really it. And and you're not thinking about the context of the play or the the combination. What you're trying to accomplish, big picture. God forbid Joe Montana and Jerry Rice doing that thing. You know, 40, 30 years ago, and so having a a coach or a group of coaches who understand that context and want to teach you that so you, under, so you see the, the evolution of the play and you understand how it's tied to some heroes of the past and maybe even you see, you know, they show you clips of it working with those guys, but it just adds a, a depth to it that, you know, that makes it more meaningful and more, and more real and having someone try to pull the lens back and like, like Russ, you know, was talking about, I want them to see what I see and think how I think out there. Yeah, that's a a rare trait for a quarterback to try to instill that in in players. Typically, the quarterback doesn't have the time to do that or doesn't think about it in in that context. He doesn't think about it from a receiver's point of view, and the receiver is just trying to stick around and figure out where to line up. Well, why are you lining up there? You know, Why are you making that adjustment versus a cover two? What are we trying to accomplish, and what might you see in a game that might make me throw to you? So um, those things are huge, man, and and look – Offensive football is hard because, you know, day, every day of practice, you're dialing up scenarios that are difficult that put you in, uncom- you know, compromising positions and make you uncomfortable and make you have to make difficult decisions on the run like that. And sometimes it doesn't look perfect. But you get to play against another team and it starts to open up. I've said this before. Games, you get way more open in games than you do at practice because the guys covering you at practice know your moves. They know your plays. they're It's on a script. And the game, it really does open up in front of you. Yesterday was not a game. It was practice, but it was closest to a game that this this unit has ever been in, and they rose to the occasion, so it's got to feel good for them.
0: Yeah, Russell also talked about uh, what if he has any benchmarks or goals he wants this offense to reach before the season.
2: And every rep is a game rep. There's never a moment that there's not a game rep, and so to take that and to win in every moment um, is really critical, and I think you, you have to work at that every day. You know, You have to believe that. You have to understand that. You have to become that. You have to become a winner every day your language has to change or everything and so those guys have done a tremendous job of that and we gotta keep going um and i think in terms of the offense and how how much we've developed you know we're just starting you know we got a lot to do a lot more to do i'm super super excited about where, where we're going where we're headed i think coach hackett's calling an amazing game um you know uh, justin allen's amazing as well you know coach kubiak these are brilliant brilliant guys calling plays and uh, understand what we want to do and how we want to do it. So, and once again, it goes back to the offensive line then, then allow us to do everything we want to do up front and running the ball and, and throwing it and having a having a blast doing
0: it. Uh, Russ with a very Russ answer. <laughs> Any hyperbole in there? Uh, just a little bit, just a little bit. But uh,
1: <sighs> you can't be uh, mad at a guy who's relentlessly positive.
0: Yes, um, and. Unless the
1: ship is actually
0: sinking. And and, in meeting with uh, Coach Hackett yesterday, and again, we're going to get into that as the show goes along, he said sometimes when he and Russ get into the room, it's just too much happiness for one room to have. (laughs) You're great. No, you're great. No, you're greater. This is going to be awesome. We're going to be awesome. We're all, yeah, so it's just a lot. It's just a lot. But uh, as much as I have pushed back with some of the uh, Russ isms, It's starting to uh, win me over because I know, and for the most part, that is his outlook. That is genuine. There's a certain performative, showy aspect to it, uh, I think, for the public. But at the same time, there's also a realness to it, and and it's connected to who he really is inside. And uh, some of the Coach Hackett stuff that has gone on, that's also who he is as well. So... The, uh, I guess the, the cynicism, the inner cynical person inside of me is beginning to soften to some of these things. Um, and uh, I share that same super op- optimistic outlook about things. Uh, I have seen this team and this offense get better and and begin to check off some of those boxes as training camp went along. Uh, I have seen, okay, I think this team maybe is going to be completely unprepared. No, here's a good two-minute situation. Here's them doing this drill and doing it well. Here's them meeting the the Cowboys and exceeding what the Cowboys brought yesterday. So they're beginning to check off boxes there as well. So as this training camp and this preseason has gone along, uh, my my cynicism has gone down a little bit uh, less. And my, okay, I think this can actually work at a high level and not just next year or two years down the road, but actually have some success and real success here this year. It's hard
1: for people who've had success in a field to accept that there might be a different way to find success in that field. Right. You know what I mean? Especially someone like you who's had as much success. And so... Um, that's big of you. <laughs> and,
0: a little slice of humble pie, right? It actually tastes good this time.
1: Yeah, but, but but we're still evolving, you know. We're still we're still learning about this team. That was the first test. There's gonna be multiple tests here. How do they handle adversity when that comes? Because they haven't really had any yet. Because they steamrolled the Cowboys yesterday. Right. That was great. Um, will there be any adversity tomorrow? Are the Cowboys going to come back and, and want to prove that they're not that team. That they're a better team than that. I'm sure they will. Will they be able to succeed? I don't know about that. Okay, we got a text that I want to run by you. Little de- devil's advocate. Okay. Okay. Cuz you just talked about the relentless positivity and happiness between Hackett and Russell and it's like, wow, this is awesome. Well, isn't wasn't Pete Carroll relentlessly happy and positive and 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 so why didn't that work out?
0: Uh he was, but Pete Carroll's Pete Carroll started his career as a secondary coach, and then became a defensive coordinator, and became a head coach who wanted to win the game with his defense.
1: So it's only it's it's strictly a defensive versus offensive perspective. It's not a personality issue.
0: I don't think it's a personality issue. I think Pete is as relentlessly relentlessly positive and as high energy as Coach Hackett is, and Pete's got what thirty years on Coach Hackett, um, and. The, the Pete Carroll that you see in press conferences, chomping on the gum and you know saying all the cliches and being super super positive, that is who Pete is behind the scenes as well. I, you know, so I, they're kind of similar coaches. Coach kind of, and Pete Carroll, they are similar from that relentlessly positive. We'll find a way to get it done. There's no hill too tall to climb. We can all do it. To you know, everything's great. That whole thing, that's all incredibly similar. But the lens through which they view football, Pete looks at football from a defensive lens. He wants to get back, now that Russell Wilson is gone, to his origins. Play amazing, great defense and be super physical and run the ball at a very high level. That's what I want to do. That's how I want to win football games. And I think that's where the... Friction became uh, between him and Russell Wilson. Obviously, Coach Hackett has been a quarterback coach and an offensive coordinator. So now he views the game through the lens of the quarterback. So now he and Russell Wilson are exactly the same page, not just from a positive attitude standpoint, but from how they view the game and how they want to win the game standpoint.
1: Yep, and let's, uh, I mean, <laughs> let's not mention words, he had a lot of success in Seattle. Yeah, a lot. Ten years is a long, long time to play for one team, to go to two Super Bowls and win one. That's success. So although things didn't end well there, they had they had a great run.
0: Uh, I will be on the call tomorrow. Steve Levy, Ryan Harris, and myself really looking forward to that. Uh, we had some coaches meetings yesterday. What kind of information can I give out about all of that? But first, let's hear from Spilly and the Rockies. Spilly. It's a Bud Light Football Friday. Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Denver Broncos. Here's Chad and Nate.
2: Whatever coach has, I mean, I'm ready to do whatever. You know, I'm, I'm uh, excited to be a Denver Bronco. I'm excited to put the jersey on for the first time to run out of that stadium, whether I'm playing or not, I don't know. But um, whatever it is, I'm, I'm ready for it. You know, anytime you get a strap on your cleats, it's, it's in, uh, and everything else, it's, it's a blessing.
0: Russell Wilson talking about uh, expectations for tomorrow. Um, I teased out uh, that I will be doing the game. Uh, Ryan Harris, former Bronco Ryan Harris, uh, Steve Levy of ESPN fame, of course, and myself will be on the broadcast for all three preseason games. Uh, I think this broadcast crew will be the only broadcast crew maybe in NFL history where both of the color guys I've been on an MTV episode of made
1: ah, that's man. That's going to be a great trivia question <laughs> that no one will ever know the answer to. Yeah. Now Ryan, was it the same episode.
0: No, different oh. episodes of Ryan. it was years and years and years ago when Ryan right. did his, right? I think he was still in high school before he went to Notre Dame, right? Yep.
1: Yep. Yep. yep I think so.
0: Um, now mine was just a few years back. I was helping a girl from uh, Elizabeth high school here mm. in Colorado. She was a stage kid, uh, was always the lead in all the school plays, and she wanted to play football. So I taught her how to be a football player. And how did that go? Is she in the NFL now? Uh, <laughs> no, she did end up playing wide receiver for Elizabeth High School. Um, and at the, you know, the end of the maid episode, uh, she had a soccer background from when she was younger, and she ended up kicking an extra point in the final scrimmage before their first game. And was it good? It it, it hit the uh, the fun <laughs> experience uh, to to. To do the episode, number one, from the MTV perspective, but she was a very cool girl, worked very hard. Um, but it's fascinating when you deal with somebody who's never actually played football before. The first thing I thought is, I got to teach this girl how to fall. When was the last time she fell? Yeah. 20 times in one day yeah. and picked herself up. So there's yeah, an art. There's yes. an art to it. I would jog next to her on the football field and as she was jogging, and I would just kind of shove her. <laughs> and teach her how to fall and, and roll. So that was you a lot would of fun. shove the girl to the ground. I would, well, because she had to learn how to fall. I gotta teach you how brother. to fall. <laughs> that is assault, brother. Well, at first I, I was like, you know, you do it yourself, kind of fall on your own. But she was like, you know. Picking her spots, I was like, "You're not going to be able to pick your spots That's when true. you fall. You got to be. So I'm going to follow
1: you around all day and just shove, shove you, you to you. the ground. Yes, it, it you're worked out. Get to know
0: it worked out really well. She didn't break a wrist. She didn't hyperextend an elbow. She never separated a shoulder. I taught her how to roll with it. It ended up being a, a very cool process. What's her name? Evan?
1: Yes, yes. Someone texted in.
0: Yes. Yeah, Evan at uh, Elizabeth High School. She was uh, awesome. Her family was great. It was a lot of fun. It was a very fun summer doing that show. All right, so for the call tomorrow, part of that is the production meeting. Um, So we met with uh, the head coach and both offensive and defensive coordinators yesterday. Um, Coach Hackett is an awesome, awesome, awesome guy. Three awesomes. (laughs) Hold on, hold on, hold on, because... Everything is awesome. Right?
1: I mean, is, is this, I mean, did he Did he put a spell on you, man? Are, you, are he, you under the spell of
0: Coach Hackett's awesomeness? He's got a way of putting a spell on you. I love it. Because when he comes into the room, he cannot be ignored because there's just simply too much energy and excitement to be ignored. Wow. You know, uh, obviously Coach Fangio was of a different type. <laughs> yeah. So last year when I did the last preseason game up in Seattle when I talked to coach Fangio, I had to throw out a couple of like old school football questions to soften him up and to engage him and to get him into the production meeting. Hey coach, you you've coached some of the greatest linebackers ever to play the game. You know, I'm a linebacker fan myself. You know, can you tell me some of the, you know, defining characteristics of some of these guys? And so he leaned back in his chair and he put his hands behind his head and he, you know, talked for like five minutes about all these great linebackers. I was like, nice, Chad. Good job. I softened them him up.
1: Yeah.
0: I didn't have to do that. No one had to do that for Coach Fangio. He walked in the room, sat down, and just just, just went for it. It was awesome. Just spraying you with happiness. Yes. Now, you know, uh, there, there's, a, there's a there's a different code between the the jobs. Um, as, as this job as a radio host, uh, it's, it's Chad and it's my opinion and I get to go out there and say what I think and uh, speak into this microphone and, and speak Chad's thoughts. But when I'm doing the game, and particularly in this case a preseason game, on the Broncos flagship network, there's a certain responsibility that uh, when I'm given information, these production meetings, I can't share. So uh, I, I know you've got a bunch of questions over there, um, and I'll try my best to answer if I can, but others I just simply can't. Um, but uh, Coach hackett is awesome. Plead the fifth. <laughs> Well, that's been happening a lot lately. Come to find out, yeah. Well, yeah there we go. Uh, so, yeah, Coach Hackett is awesome. I would—he's the kind of coach I would love to play for. His energy is, is infectious. His positivity is infectious. Um I,
1: I, I want to dig into that because yeah. you said you said it, that's the type of coach you'd like to play for. But yes. we have spent the last couple of weeks questioning if that's the type of coach that you'd like to play for, just based on the way he structured practice. You're old school, right? right? And you want to hit. You want to go out there and get ready to play. So, do you think you? Do you think you would have had that same interpretation throughout, or would you have been kind of questioning the methods until you saw them in practice yesterday?
0: Uh what I was, what I was just saying about coach I like to play for, I was speaking more to the the energy and the positiveness um, that there would be some. If I was a veteran player coming from the background that I have had to this year's training camp. I would still have some of those concerns. And I'm sure he could have sold me in the room with his energy and positivity how we're going to be just fine, but I I couldn't help but have some uh, pushback based on my previous experience of how to get ready to play a football season. How do I get myself ready to tackle without tackling somebody? I think that's still a question mark that's that's out there. Um, But that would be a question I would have if I was sitting in that meeting room. Hey, coach, I know I've played 12 years, but – Every year, I've tackled people to get ready to tackle people. How do I tackle somebody without getting ready by tackling someone? I think that's a legitimate question.
1: Did you talk about that at all?
0: Um, we did not.
1: We did Are not. you allowed to talk about if you talked about that? <laughs> uh,
0: we, we we did talk a little bit about the Camp Hackett and um, his experience in Green Bay and, you know, it's a new – and it's so very similar to the answer that he gave Mike Evans. Well, Mike Evans asked him that question yesterday morning yep. uh, when, uh, uh, during the morning show. So very similar, a framed answer, a similar explanation, and a similar style of conviction that this is the way to get things done. They, they have seen enough. Now, I would imagine if Coach Hackett still was Coach Hackett, overwhelmingly positive, super high energy, but his – lens through which he viewed the game was a linebacker perspective versus a quarterback perspective, then I think there would have been tackling. Because, you know, it's just a, a different way in which you look and view the game. Now, I know he's responsible for the whole team, not just the quarterbacks here. But I think the lens through which you look at game or life or whatever, that shifts your perspective. Even though we may be of similar mindsets, you played receiver tight end, I played linebacker. Uh, even though I think we think about the game in similar ways and we approach it in a similar way, there's still a slightly different lens and perspective that we that comes through us because of our previous experiences.
1: So every every offensive coach I've ever been around is never quite satisfied with the way practice goes. Like, yes. you know, it's never like, that was perfect, right? It, it was like, that was good. Yeah. We got some stuff to clean up. We got some stuff we can do better. We can always get better. We can always go back in the film and look at stuff that we can get better at. Um, Hackett is wearing two hats. He's wearing the, the head coach hat, which is the big picture, you know, relentless positivity. Get these guys mentally ready. And then there's the offensive coordinator hat, which is trying to perfect this system. Did you see a difference in, like, did, were you able to talk to both of those guys there? Like, did you see a shift from, you know, everything's awesome guy to the fine points of the offense and what they're trying to accomplish?
0: Yes, yes. Uh, the, the, the messenger from the coach, uh, there was a slight delineation between the two. And the coach could admit, yeah, you know, it was a great day. It was very positive. I was happy with all the guys did. So all the messaging was there. But then we've got to get better. There's not a lot of time. Preseason games, you know, the opportunities for some of the starters may be limited. We've got to be able to hit the ground running. You know, uh, there's still a lot to install and polish up. So there's a a positivity of messaging. But there's also a coach reality of the situation. And not glossing over things and not looking at the – coach player aspect the execution aspect from a messaging standpoint but from a pure coach we've got to get better there's not we haven't been perfect yet kind of thing and did he talk about the defense at all he did he ran down every player uh, or every expected player uh, on the roster every expected player to play on the roster um so and- you know who's gonna play chad um, you know, there's still some decisions to be made, um, but that is not it's not my place to share. Um, I will lend it to Coach Hackett to make the, and the Broncos to make that a news when when the time is ready for them. Um, but we do have some insight into that, um, and you know, but his ability to run down the roster and essentially break down everything about everybody. Um, short of certain pronunciations, which may be a little bit more difficult. And, you know, coaches are always prone to give guys some nicknames. Oh, yeah. If you've got a difficult-to-pronounce announce, uh, pronounce name, so... There was that. Um, but yeah, details, details, details. He's as dialed in to both sides of the ball as you would expect. Um, you know, he did not throw his hands up when we started talking about the, the defense and say, hey, you got to talk to Coach Everill about that. No, he was fully comfortable with discussing any player on the roster, offense, defense, specialist. Coach Hackett is going to be a great head coach in the future. No doubt about that.
1: Nobody in this organization has more pressure on them to win now than Coach Hackett. You know what I mean? So the, the innovation, the ch- the chances he's taking to do things different, that's on him. If it doesn't work out, he's gone, and a lot of these guys will still be here. So he knows he knows what's at risk, and he's willing to take that risk. So he must know what he's talking about.
0: Yeah, we come back, uh, I want to discuss a little bit more about this uh, production meeting yesterday. Talk to Coach Alden and talk to Coach Evero. Uh, that will be next.
2: It's a Bud Light Football Friday. Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Denver Broncos. Here's Chad and Nate come
0: do. do? What you to do when they come for you? What you to Hopefully, after uh, tomorrow night's game, uh, a lot of. Cowboy players are thinking about them bad boys that the Broncos are. Mm,
1: yeah, yeah. If they're thinking
0: about it right now. Yeah. Yeah, they got their, uh, I-, I won't say they got their butts handed to them, but they certainly did not meet the challenge yesterday. If I'm Coach McCarthy, I wouldn't frame it as, we got our butts kicked, but uh, you did not meet the challenge.
1: What yeah. if someone actually did hand you your butt? <laughs> How would you feel about it?
0: <laughs> well, where'd you get that?
1: <laughs> Where did you <laughs> Hold on a second. That's my ass. <laughs> Don't hand me my. Uh. So so many strange sayings. Um, Somebody somebody texted in chat. I just want to run this by you. What about the beatdown that the Broncos gave the Cowboys last year at at the hands of you know Vic Fangio as the head coach? Yeah. Like, are the Cowboys really that good? And do the Broncos have their number? And should we really get that excited about a practice in which the Broncos beat down the same team that Vic Fangio led team beat down last year?
0: They were twelve and five. They were a playoff team. Um, So I think you you. Yeah, Last year, that was clearly the Broncos' best game of the season. Um, so was that an outlier for the Broncos' team? Uh, maybe a bit. Was also an outlier for where the Cowboys were and how they played most of that season? A bit as well. Um, now, do you do you need to break your arm, patting yourself on the back over one joint practice? No, I don't think you should. It was just one joint practice. It has to be kept in a proper perspective. Um and so, as much as you and I are saying, in some, in some ways, this is a vindication of Camp Hackett. It's just one step in that process. Again, you haven't tackled anybody live. We'll see that tomorrow. That's another step in that process. So I'm not writing Super Bowl or bust on all my Bronco notes just yet. But the first, well, not when you say the first step. One of one of the first steps was a incredibly positive step that uh, begins to shift the narrative of Camp hackett being an experiment to okay you've checked off that box pretty affirmatively now let's see you do it again tomorrow night and if you begin to start to check off all these boxes in such a strong affirmative way then the experiment can be labeled a success i'm not sure if there's any other way to judge that
1: yeah i think uh either way you look at it this this is a, a, a challenge for a first-year head coach it's, it's not just a challenge for a first-year head coach to deal with adversity but also, how does your team respond to when they do something really well? Right. How do they come back the next day? Right. And, and so it's important for a coach to keep in perspective and then not let them get too excited about what they did, but to make sure that they know that they still got a long way to go. Exactly what you just said. Uh-huh. You know, this is just one step. Don't start feeling too good about yourselves. This isn't vindication. We like to see what we saw, but we're not where we want to get yet. And we got to keep moving in that direction.
0: The goal is obviously greater than one joint practice in one preseason game.
1: Right. So, but like an inexperienced team gets, you know, starts smelling themselves nuts. after something like that and then comes back the next day and gets their butt whooped, right? right. So how does, it, how does a coach keep your team focused after a success?
0: Yes. Do you, you, you still need to be, you know, yourself and be Coach Hackett and be relentlessly positive, but also you have to, you know, talk about the work ahead and all that. So you don't... You don't discount the success of yesterday, yes, but to your point, you don't let them get to uh, spend too much time smelling themselves and feeling good about uh, what happened yesterday without shifting the focus to what needs to happen tomorrow as well. I uh, don't want to forget about the uh, phrase that pays. We talked about that uh, the other day over there at, UC, at the UC Health Training Center, uh, some kind of phrase uh, between uh, myself and the listeners of this show that uh, at some point in the game I will try to get out. we got some Reptile related ones the other day Which were all pretty good They constricted them on defense uh, yes. You know, bite like a cobra There was some of that stuff So uh, I've got a couple of notes But text line, continue to hit us up So maybe I can steal one of these uh, That would maybe be better Than some of those reptile related phrases That we got the other day yeah, and, and
1: To be clear, we want to put Chad In an awkward position <laughs> in the booth And force him to say something That's going to make him uncomfortable and see the skill with which he can navigate the ability to do so.
0: Uh, Chad I'm, is getting uncomfortable thinking about it right now. I won't say uncomfortable. Uh, it should be a unique enough phrase that is recognizable to the listeners of this show, um, but that you know, requires a little bit of uh, skill on my part to somehow fit it into the appropriate circumstance. All right. Yes.
1: It does, yeah, so, so is Nut Milk out? <laughs> Can we find a way to get that in there? How I, skilled are you as a broadcaster? I,
0: it needs to be something that's easier to understand without a ton of context. Nut Milk is certainly a joke that has run for months on this show. It's just still funny to say every time. Uh, but there's a certain context that comes with that, so folks know that.
1: Unless uh, well, so, your job to set it up slowly during the game, you know, first quarter, what well, you just mentioned something dairy, right? Right. Like second quarter, you move it to like ah yeah, more, you know, organic, uh, vegan. Like, Oh, okay, we're doing oat milk, and then th- by th- by the fourth quarter, they're familiar with this narrative. Then you boom, you drop nut milk <laughs> on them, and and you drop your mic and you get out of there.
0: All right, maybe in game three, once I've gotten very comfortable with my partners and I'm really feeling my 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 color analyst role, and I'm getting some comfort with that. Perhaps we can do a multiple-stage uh, <laughs> phrase that pays. But to, uh, tomorrow night, let's just keep it to yep. one I can slip in.
1: All right, well, we just got one coming in. The running back snaked his way through the
0: defense. Okay, so uh, I, I, it's, I'm looking maybe a little bit uh, more unusual than that because I've heard that phrase before. So uh, Snake milk? How about that? Uh, now, people, it, the texter, uh, when we were talking about this last week, mentioned milking snakes. And I was thinking of milk like... Uh, from a cow, like from a teat, as, uh, as Ben Stiller said in uh, Meet the Parents. Um, but snaking his way through is such a well-established phrase. I don't know if that fits it. Uh, but you can milk a venomous snake. You milk them for their venom, but they don't milk out of a teat. Just up, me? I'm just not. I'm just not going to say the obvious <laughs> jokes right now. I'm just.
1: Uh, I think everyone's expecting me to say say a yes. few certain things. And I'm yes. not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. You sure? Yeah, yeah. Sure.
0: You're doing a good job holding back.
1: But I do want to run this by you because look, last year, and this is a texter texting in seven two zero two three three. Thank you for the text. Broncos looked like world beaters in their early preseason last year. You guys got all similarly hyped after the Vikings game. It's one scrimmage game.
0: Relax. Yes. I, well, I, I think we've tried to put some perspective on the one joint practice and what it was. I think you can celebrate the success of the joint practice at the same time also be clear that it is one joint practice. And there's another test coming tomorrow night. Um, now, for the Broncos last year, you know, they tailed off the year before. So Coach Fangio had a, I think, a, and his staff had a very decided and dedicated point to trying to bring a winning feeling back into that locker room and really worked hard to win all three preseason games. Yep. That last game up in Seattle, Seattle played virtually no one. I think there may have been like 30 guys dressed for the whole Seattle team. They tried to play a game with 30 guys, and the results showed up on the field. They weren't very good at all. Um, so they were, you know, the Broncos were playing lots of guys uh, and, and really, uh, really trying to focus and win the game. Now, there's something to be said for that. I think Baltimore Ravens last night won their twenty first straight preseason game. That's a pretty crazy streak. Yeah, Harbaugh they're very serious about preseason in Baltimore. Mm. And Harbaugh clearly won at that record and now has it. Um so you know, good for them, but to the Texter's point it's it's the preseason. Again, you celebrate the successes when they come, and you can't you know, tell the other team how they're supposed to play or who they're supposed to play. All you can go out there and do is play to your standards as best you can, and the Broncos played to the new standard of Coach Hackett in that joint practice yesterday as best as they could.
1: Yep. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. That's one sample. Obviously, we were around last year. We saw the hype train after the preseason, and the first three games, too, you got to remember the Broncos came out of the gate and were 3-0 and then lost four straight, and the wheels fell off. So uh, it's a one-day-at-a-time thing, but yesterday was a very, very positive sign.
0: No doubt about that. All right, uh, after meeting with Coach Hackett, uh, we had a chance to meet with Coach Everrow, We had a chance to meet with Coach uh, Auden as well. Um, again, I like I liked all... Of those meetings yesterday. I, I met with some players as well, um, but if I were to say who I met with, that would indicate who's playing and not playing and all that kind of stuff. So, can't oh, get Oh, so there. You got to keep the secret, Chad. Yeah, I do have to keep some secrets. Wow, here. so you're going to be all professional and stuff. <laughs> I'm going to do my job and oh, respect okay. the Broncos organization. Wow. Uh, I know, it's so crazy and weird of me to do that. Um, but yeah, uh, both those guys, um, I can see the, 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 the fit. For Coach Hackett and his his coordinators, and maybe why a guy like Coach Hackett, despite being a first time head coach, didn't choose to go with what we seem of some of the younger, new first time head coaches, go and get a older veteran. Uh, you get your Sean McVay, you get Wade Phillips to run your defense, um, because the Coach Alden and Coach Evero they have a great fit to Nathaniel Hackett from a philosophy standpoint, from a background standpoint, from, again, seeing the game through a very similar lens standpoint. Even though, you know, Hackett's an offensive guy and a quarterback guy, and Coach Everett is a defensive guy, the lens through which they view the game and their experiences in the game and uh, how they want to structure practice and all that stuff is all very similar. So, um, you know, as much as I would have thought, hey, you know what, I'm the first-time head coach, let me go out and get some wise, old, Uh, Experienced guy who's been in the game in the last 40 years. Nope. He went with guys who share the same vision that he has. And the, the fit was clear yesterday in that production meeting between all of them.
1: So important, man. I mean, again, tradition sometimes is the enemy of progress.
0: Ooh, look at you getting all deep and
1: philosophical. And it takes a lot of guts to buck tradition in an institution with as much pride and nostalgia as football in the NFL. But that's what he's doing. I applaud him for it.
0: All right, coming up next, we have our distraction segment.
1: Hey, this is Nate Jackson. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of MySpecialMortgage.com.